You're listening to the Writers Forum. I'm your host, Mike Toos, and today I'll be speaking with author Ronald Kelly about his new memoir, Southern Fried and Horrified. Ron has written numerous novels, short stories, and chapbooks in the horror genre. Welcome to the show, Ron. Thanks, Mike. For, thanks for having me. Well, you described the book, Southern Fried and Horrified, as a, quote, memoir of sorts, close quote. For those not familiar with the book, tell us why you attach the qualifier to it. Well, it's um, it's just a story of, of my life uh, from the um, time I was born to now. Uh, uh, it's got a lot of uh, my family history in it. It's got my writing history in it. Um, it's just something that, you know, I, I've had in my mind to do for a while and, uh, and, um, it just, um, yeah, well you, so you've got in it, not only your own history, but also some tips and things like that to folks that might be interested in writing, whether it's horror writing or otherwise, right? Right. Yes. Okay. Well, now look, I taught a memoir writing class and a question that would come up frequently from, from the folks in the class was how honest to be, especially when writing about family members. Uh, and you, right. do, you do that here. Was that difficult for you to do? It was, it was in a way, you know, um, but, you know, when I, when I decided to do this memoir, I thought, well, you know, I really don't need to pull my punches, you know. I mean, there's, there's things in my family that I revealed that, you know, you know, as growing up, wasn't talked about very often. And, but, um, you know, I just think it's, if you're going to write a memoir, you need to be honest and, and, uh, and uh, don't sugarcoat it. You know? Yeah, and and you do that. And and one of the things that struck me was that, um, you know, we have, this is true, I think, for most of us, we have such a different perspective, for example, on our parents as we get older than we did when we were children, right? And, right. and that, that does influence your writing a little bit about them, correct? It, it does, yeah. Yeah. Well, you talk about the fact, for example, that your father, though not your mother, was, was prejudiced. Um, and how do you deal with the realization of that as you get older, that a parent, for example, may have been uh, prejudiced? Is it just a function of the time they lived in, or how do you rationalize or deal with that? I, I, yeah, I do believe it was a function of time. I believe that um, people are prejudiced for a reason. I mean, I think it's a learned behavior, and I believe that uh, um, he grew up in a household that uh, – you know that's what he he grew up with, and that's you know that's how he was influenced as a person. You know, and yeah. um, I wasn't. Go ahead. I wasn't. No, go ahead. I, I'm sorry. As a child. Uh, go ahead, Ron. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Uh, as a child, I my mother was not prejudiced at all, but you know I, I also grew up with a a father who. You know, I don't think he was like racist or anything. I just think he had um, set prejudices in his his mind. And uh, you know, as a child, I I pretty much uh, followed my mother's lead. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, and um, I, I'm going to detail with that. On you know, as you know, growing up in elementary school and everything, and and the 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 racism I saw, you know evident you know and, and that and all that and so um, well, yeah you, i I, bl- I you, believe that um that 
those kind of behaviors are sort of ingrained at an early age and, and yeah. maybe uh, follow through through adulthood. Well, you, you, you also, and not to harp on this subject, but you dealt with the fact that you, I think the town is called Pegram, Pegram, maybe, yeah. uh, where you had lived and, and you saw racism first firsthand in that way. Um, let's talk more about your writing, though. Okay. How, how did you first get interested in the horror genre? Well, I've always been interested in, uh, in uh, you know, macabre and uh, weird things when I was a child. You know, I was heavily into monster movies and and putting together the Aurora monster models and stuff like that. And so, um, I originally in high school wanted to be a, a comic book artist because I was always into art before I began writing and um, did some comic books in high school and, and about my junior year of high school I took some uh, journalism and creative writing classes and and really got bitten by the writing bug and, and so I started writing like short fiction and everything in high school that's mm-hmm. how I began writing yeah well, you, I think you have a reference in the book, and, and I thought I had a laugh when I read it, that while your mom was pregnant with you, she was reading EC Comics. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe there yes. was a, something through the embiotic fluid or something that influenced you to, to do that. Um, and yeah, and you, you mentioned in the book that you, you initially thought you'd be a comic book artist. How, how did the transition go from that uh, to uh, writing? Well, um, I... Um I, I, like I said, I was I was doing my own comic books in high school. I was collaborating with a with a fellow classmate named Lowell Cunningham, who went on to uh, create Men in Black. So mm-hmm. uh, that's a strange story in itself. But um, you know, then I began doing my own comic books, right, uh, drawing and writing them, and then just kind of gravitated to um, to purely fiction writing um, when I was. In the middle of my junior year in high school. Okay. Well, you know, I'm always curious about the distinction, and maybe you can give us a, a definition or whatever. What's the difference between science fiction, fantasy, and horror? Uh, well, you know, I've, I've written some things that had elements of all those things. Uh-huh. Um, actually, I wrote a, a book called uh, The Dark, and it's, it's, it was published by Zebra Books as something out there, and uh, it's got like elements of all three in it. Uh, that was one reason it was sort of a hard sell to Zebra because I didn't know exactly how to market it. Uh-huh. It's a it's a favorite of a lot of my writers, but um, horror I think is more. It can be more psychological. It can be more down to earth, as far as you know, with not too many fantastical elements to it, you right, know. Right. Um, um, there's a lot of supernatural uh, involved in a lot of horror, but, uh, uh, you know, of course, you know, horror has, you know, drifted into other, you know, like into science fiction with aliens and some of the other um, yeah. uh, so there's, franchises like that. There's So there's some overlap on occasion? Yeah. Okay. Are there, you know, not being as up to speed as I'd like to be, are there some subgenres to horror? I I just recently saw a novel by a lady who claims to be the queen of African horror, and I was unaware that that existed. Are there some different, you know, types of genres under horror? 
it seems like uh, lately with the explosion, I mean, we're, we're practically in a renaissance of horror right now. There's a lot of indie horror coming out, just really innovative, fresh ideas and everything, and and it's spawning a lot of subgenres. And um, um, one one that is really popular now is Western horror. Hmm. Um, okay. And um, I actually have a, a a Western horror series called Dead Eye that I'm I'm writing now. I'm, I've I've just released the second book in it. And, okay. Uh, it's a it's a mixture of horror and the uh, old west, you know. So. Okay. Is this like I think there's a movie called like Cowboys and Aliens out there somewhere that's yeah uh, yeah that something along that would, those okay that would be considered a subgenre of, of horror okay. and it would be a subgenre of science fiction too I would yeah think. I would think right. well you know often when when I talk to writers of, that are doing pure fiction um, you know they can easily identify where an idea for a story comes from but I'm I'm curious when you're writing a horror story where do the ideas come from. Um, in the book, you cover this, but can you give us an example as you do in the book? Uh, well, sometimes it's just I take uh, uh, just a regular, ordinary situation or a uh, a location that I, I grew up in or people I grew up with or, or know personally and just kind of put a hard twist on it, you know, and... Mm-hmm. and um, you know, of course, I write southern horror, so I, I put plenty of atmosphere and and uh, you know southern fried dialogue in it, and, and so um, that's that's pretty much what I do. Some, uh, with short fiction, I pretty much if I get a, a, a little germ of an idea, I'll sit down and and just go with it. You know, and yeah. with a novel, it's a more um, complicated. You, I, I, I pretty much like outline and and kind of plan it out from um, the prologue to the epilogue, you know. So you do outline when you're writing one of your novels? Yeah. Okay, much. okay. You know, a lot of times authors will say, um, I was always fascinated by this, that if they create a good character or good characters, the characters help write the story. Uh, have you found that to be true for you? I have, yes. It, um, it's remarkable. Most, most of my books, um, especially my book, Fear, um, that that book almost practically wrote itself. You know, um, I had some very, um, for me, very real and alive characters. You know, and uh, Jeb Sweeney and and uh, uh, Roscoe Ledbetter and and some other characters in that book. And and it just, uh, I mean, when I wrote it, it just flowed. I mean, the dialogue. It was just like I was listening to some, you know, some folks speak and everything. Yeah. Well, do you, I've also had authors tell me that when they come up with an idea for a character, that they kind of live with that character for six months, a year, two years, however long it takes to, to uh, write the book, and they'll find themselves during the course of the day thinking, oh, uh, you know, he would, he would say this, let me go write that down. Does that, has right. that happened with you as well? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. uh, quite a bit, yeah. I mean, I'm... You know, walk around with you know notes in my my pockets and and wallet and everything from you know little bits of dialogue or or uh, paragraphs or something a description or something like that. So yeah, I mean the writing process goes beyond just sitting behind the keyboard. I mean it's a it's a constant you know thing in your mind. Well, you know, talking about the writing process, one of the things that's unique, I think, in this book 
uh, Southern Fried and Horrified, is you have these chapters titled Grits and Bits where you give tips on writing. Talk, mm-hmm. talk about getting your first rejection letter, <laughs> what that felt like, and what kept you going. Well, you know, it's always, uh, um, it's always disheartening to get a rejection letter, you know. I mean, especially if you're, I mean, if you're um, previously unpublished, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's what you're shooting for. You're getting mm-hmm. that first uh, acceptance. But, uh, um, you know, yeah, it's, it's always disappointing to get a rejection on a, a story or a book or something like that. But uh, if, I mean, you, if you, you know, are very serious about being a writer, you got to, you know, got to stick in there for the long haul and, and just uh, develop a thick skin, you know, and, and uh, just keep plugging away. I mean, I, between the time that I started writing and the time I sold my first short story collection, I mean, short story was uh, 12 years. So yeah. that was a long stretch of uh, just persistence and, and being tenacious as far as uh, wanting to see my work published. Well, in fact, that you referenced that in the book that you had this 12-year period. I think it was 1976 to 1988 without much luck. Did you mm-hmm. did you continue to write during that time? Yeah, I I, I was mostly interested in uh, getting in novels and stuff published. I, I I really wanted to be a, a western writer for a long time, so um, uh, I was trying to get break into the western uh, genre, and uh, but it was it was very narrow and it was hard to break into. Yeah, well, did you find so, do you find that um, that writing just in general, whether it's the Western horror or whatever, is somewhat therapeutic? Yeah, I do. Yeah. It is for me. Yeah. And you, you mentioned the Westerns, and I noticed that. I thought it was rather interesting that you had written some Westerns. Where does that come from? I mean, that's a completely different genre. What is your attraction to writing the Western? Well, you know, I think it comes from my grandmother. My grandmother was a, a, a great storyteller, and she... Uh, growing up, she told me lots of stories about uh, our family during the Civil War, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, one of my uh, great grandfathers was considered to be a, a Confederate spy and was thought to have um, fl- uh, fled to the to the west, out west, and and uh, she, uh, my great great grandmother, actually uh, hired a, a detective and. There was like reports of him being in uh, New Mexico and Arizona and and stuff like that. So I think that really sparked my interest in in uh, old West history. Yeah, well, you know, I, I think it was Robert Duvall who said something like the westerns are America's Shakespeare. For me, they've always I think the attraction is they've always been something of a morality play. Do you yeah. do you have the same kind of? Uh, uh, aspect morality play in some of your horror writing. I do, yeah, uh, very strongly. I believe, you know, uh, I'm uh, I'm one of the old school writers who believe in the, uh, the battle of good versus evil, and, uh-huh. and as far as horror is concerned, and I know that's that's uh, there's a lot of gray area nowadays with horror. You know, there's like um, you don't. Sometimes you don't know who the protagonist is and who the antagonist is, but right. uh, um, I prefer to just, especially in my novels, stick with uh, you know a clear cut 
good guy and a clear cut bad guy you know, or, or monster or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Now, at one point that um, it comes through in your book, too, is that you enjoy reading. In fact, I think you write that it's a, quote, a major catalyst for your desire to be a writer was after you read Harper's Lee to Kill a Mockingbird, correct? Yes. How, how has reading and the reading life, if you will, shaped you as a writer? Well, it's, it's always been a, a learning experience. I mean, it's been entertaining, but it's also been uh, examining other writers' styles and voices and the way they uh, set up their characters and, and scenes and stuff like that. So, you know, I, I never went to college. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up in a, a blue-collar farming background. That's what my families came from. And so I never went to college, but I did self, self-teach myself um, to write, you know, and uh, a lot of it had to do with the books I read. Yeah. And you still read uh, as often as you can? As often as I can. I, I, I write more these days than I read, but uh, um, mostly due to time you know, restraints, but, uh, you know, since I've, uh, retired, I'm, I'm really hoping to sit down and start reading, uh, quite a bit again. When you were reading more frequently, did you read only horror or did you read a little bit of everything? I read other genres. You know, I, I you know, like I said, I, I was heavily into the Western genre and, and, um, I did read some science fiction. You know, I read a lot of Ray Bradbury and, uh-huh. and um, Arthur C. Clarke and, and stuff like that, too, you know. So, you know, I I didn't exclusively uh, just read the horror in the horror genre. And do you, you, you find that maybe you get ideas for your own writing from reading other writers? Yeah, in a way, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, they do um, kind of inspire me to, to try, you know, new things and stuff like that. Just recently, I've started incorporating some cosmic horror into my yeah. um and so, uh, some of my work especially in the new dead eye series there's a there's actually a um uh a dark enchantress uh, character in that and she she um opens a portal uh called the the hole out of nowhere and brings in like all these different um uh beings and and uh creatures and stuff from other dimensions and other worlds. So um, that's one thing I've, I've really kind of opened up my, my fiction uh, in the last, I'd say last year or so is incorporating some different elements into my heart that I never did before. Do you have to, so use that example, the cosmic horror in that, do you have to do any research uh, to make sure that you're presenting, you know, that aspect of science fiction or is it all created? Uh, well, I'm, you know, I've read, you know, some of the H.P. Lovecraft stories and, uh-huh. and stuff like that. And, uh, uh, recently Haley Piper's work and, uh, Mary San Giovanni, you know, that they do quite a bit of, uh, cosmic horror. And, uh, but, uh, what, what I'm creating with mine is, is entirely of my own, um, mythos kind of, mm-hmm. you know, um, I in, in my book, uh, Fear, um, I have, you know, uh, there's like Fear, is, um, it's uh, concerns an evil county called Fear County, and, and everything in it is evil. And so um, 
in the first novel, it never was, you know, explained why, you know, why it was so evil. But I'm going to be writing the sequel to it called Period Eternal, and there's going to be some elements of cosmic horror that kind of explains, you know, where some of this evil originates from. Mm-hmm. What's the status these days of, of publishers uh, publishing horror novels? I know in the book you point out that one of your major publishers, Zebra, at some point decided to discontinue the horror line of their books. Um, or is there a lot of opportunity out there for uh, w- among publishers for folks that are writing horror? Yes. I mean, right now there's, you know, quite a bit of uh, opportunity. I mean, there's a lot of uh, the indie presses, um, and um, the, uh, so there's a lot of uh, mainstream press uh Published now that's uh, that's gravitating back toward horror. You know, it's it's it, horror's very popular uh, uh, lately. So uh, I only see it growing and uh, getting more, uh, giving more opportunities for writers to submit their work to various publications. Now we're going to end, I think, with this one, um, if we if if we can. You, in the book, you spent a lot of time giving great advice to folks that might be interested in, in trying their hand at writing. It's hard to distill all of that, but if you had to come up with two or three of your best recommendations for someone who is interested in writing, whether, whether in horror or something else, what would, what would the, that be? I would say as far as the actual publication of your work, uh, don't put all your eggs in one basket. You know, uh, work with different publishers. Don't exclusively uh, submit to one publisher. You know, because uh, I've I've actually gone through seven publisher shutdowns during my career, and mm. uh, it's always good to have extra publishers. You know, that you're working with. So if one shuts down, you know, you you have others to fall back on. Right. Um, but as, as far a, as go ahead, I'm as sorry. As far as the actual writing uh, process, I would say uh, do do a lot of reading, uh, develop your own voice. Um, um, don't get don't beat yourself up because you get uh, uh, rejections. Everybody gets rejections. Just to, um, keep uh, plugging away, and and uh, and if, you know if you serious about making a career in it, you, you can do it. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. Just, it might take a while. Well, you know what? Actually, I got a little more time, so let me end with this one then. Um, a lot of times I'll ask writers why they write, and some will say, oh, I'm trying to make a political point or a social point, and some will say, you know, look, I write for myself, and, you know, on occasion somebody will honestly say I do it for the money. What What is your motivation uh, to be a writer, and you've been a writer for years. So, what what motivates you to write? My my motivation is just to entertain. Um, I just want people to enjoy my work. Uh, I'm not too concerned about whether it's a bestseller or, um, you know, it's just that you know, I, I grew up listening to my my grandmother tell stories, and and it just kind of instilled that um, storytelling. Um, need to story, uh, tell a story in me and and so um uh, my you know what i claim for success is if you know if people enjoy my work and recommend it to others that's that's 
that's what makes me happy. Have you have you had occasion? You know what? I I, I keep pressing because I'm enjoying the interview. Have you had occasion where someone reads one of your books and they tell you what they saw or got out of it, and you thought, "Geez, I wasn't even thinking of that." <laughs> yeah, I do quite a bit. Yeah, <laughs> isn't that isn't that a fascinating feeling that you know they went deep enough or whatever and found something or drew something out of it that wasn't on your radar? Yes, right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, folks, you've been listening to the Writers Forum, and today I've been speaking with author Ronald Kelly about his memoir titled Southern Fried and Horrified. Ron, is there a website or other social media site that folks can go to to find out more about you or about the books? Yes, you can um, go to my website, uh, ronaldkelly.com. I do have a a uh, newsletter called uh, the Fair County Chronicle through Substack. You can subscribe to that. Okay. Um, I'm um, on Facebook, uh, Twitter, and uh, Instagram, so you can uh, um, you can find me there too. All right, Ron. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me.